So, hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Saddlecast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined by what must be an ecstatic Ollie Warner. Hi, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. How ecstatic are you, Ollie? Yeah, I'm good. It, it was, <laughs> I have to be a say, it was a struggle to try and get to sleep last night with your mm. phone pinging um, with loads of messages and stuff. But um, yeah, um, it's it was fun as well going to work today. Um, everyone messaging and loads of messages on my work phone when I turned it on. So yeah, it's been a fun day. It's been brilliant, and we are joined this week with a guest. Uh, my brother, Mike Price, is joining us. Has it been fun at work? Have you got any Liverpool fans in your work you could take the mick out of? Yeah, loads of them, loads of them. <laughs> they, they weren't biting today, they were all keeping oh. their heads down. Um, I was expecting to have loads of fun today, but they, they avoided my banter today, unfortunately. <laughs> so, yeah, as obviously you can tell, we're all pretty chuffed, aren't we? Because we had an amazing game in the FA Cup um, yesterday, wasn't it? Sunday rather than Saturday, and... Uh, yeah, just a, a magic day, really. Before we get into the details of Ollie, it was a very special day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a very special day. Um, it was, it was. I don't think anyone could really have dreamed it was gone. It went, it went as it did um, mm. because to come back, because yeah, it was quite special. Um, I will say, I did put a bet on that we'd win um, before the game game kicked off. Um, I don't know. I just had this feel it was going to be a crazy day, but <laughs> yeah, it was a crazy day. Not we didn't quite get the win, but um, yeah, as we'll come to, um, we could have. We could have won that game, which is just, frankly, crazy, bizarre. Um, we will get to all this, Ollie, because exactly. I was just thinking today, a minute ago, before I was watching the highlights back, thinking at 65 minutes, just before coming, scored the first goal, wherever it was, thinking we're 2-0 down to Liverpool. You know, you still try and have faith, don't you? But we'll get exactly. into all of this and, and much more. But we're gonna, we've got a lot to cover, Ollie. We're going to cover the build-up to the week, aren't we? Um, and then we're going to talk about a bit, uh, bits and pieces pre-match. And then, yeah, what else? Go on, we've got loads to talk about. Yeah, and with this week's a bit different. So in your, in your, in your capable hands, Glenn, because you've done the agenda this week. Yeah, I have, Ollie. I, I, I think I wanted to talk about every single kick of the ball this week from the right in the agenda, because, you know, every one of those moments had such a big impact on the game in some respects. But I'm sure we'll get through it, and it'll be a nice, long podcast. Not every single kick of the ball. Well. That one of Donald loves, we don't want to talk about that one. <laughs> that is Which the one? Agenda. The one he kicked into the back of the net or the one he kicked out of the stand? But... The one he kicked out of the stand, yeah. We, we won't talk about that. At, uh, at this stage of the game we've got lots more positive things to discuss so yeah lads let's uh, let's get straight on with it and now Shrewsbury are chasing the winning goal Stoke City are collapsing here and it's Doherty low for Lawrence extraordinary Josh Lawrence makes it 3-2 to Shrewsbury so Shrewsbury Town 2 Liverpool 2 what a crazy crazy game of football um, so yeah, Liverpool went in at half-time 1-0 up um, after Jones scored after 15 minutes. And then the second half couldn't have started any worse. I'm sure everyone's seen <laughs> um, Sam Ricketts' face when Love um, accidentally kicks the ball into the back of the net on oh, 46 no. minutes. Um, and then um, Jason Cummings comes on. Um, he scores a penalty after 65 minutes and then he scored an equaliser after 75 minutes um, to, sound, to, to sound, to send the fans into absolute raptures. He certainly did. We're going to have a big chat about atmosphere, I think, at some point in a moment. But um, yeah, we're going to. So we've got a few things to cover. We'll look at the build-up first, Ollie, because playing the, the world champions and European champions and Premiership champions, you know, it's been quite an interesting week for us, hasn't it? Because I know, for example, you've been sort of asked to do all sorts of sort of uh, bits and pieces for different Liverpool things, haven't you? Yeah, I did um, some articles for um, this is Anfield, um, so I wrote quite a bit for them. Um, they've got eight. They've got something like seven hundred thousand followers. Yeah, right, um, which wow. is a bit crazy. Um, and yeah, I did a few other pieces as well. Um, and then I had a rather random call. Um, I was talking to um, a very nice lady who was doing um, the prep and the agenda for BBC Sport. So yeah, the okay. actual programme that went out on Sunday. She was asking me some advice and some questions. And to be fair to her, um, she must she did a lot of prep. 
but I get the sense from watching it back that none of the pundits actually read what she did. <laughs> oh, no. um, but she was really knowledgeable. She'd done loads of homework and she everything I said she knew already. So yeah, she just shows mm. there's some good people behind the scenes. Well, we, I know you've watched it back, Ollie. I've watched it back live, and, and we're going to talk about that later, Mike. But the, mm. the coverage and stuff, it was it, the town came across really well, didn't it? Oh yeah, the, the the whole the whole sort of build up and everything you were talking about, it really got the whole town going. Mm. And, and I think they felt a slightly different uh, sort of media approach to Shrewsbury. It wasn't little old punchy Shrewsbury talking about the coracle and all that. It seemed to have yeah. gone on a bit, and it was talking about how we're a sustainable and and progressive club and doing the right things. I, I quite like the, the the feel of the coverage and the build-up. I, think. I, I agree. I think the club's come across really well. And again, we'll cover that at the end when we... There was a few other observations I had from watching the game back today on the BBC. But um, yeah, a couple of th- I did a bit, a few bits of press. I did the Anfield Rap podcast to Holly, as I mentioned last week. But funnily enough, I went into Radio Shropshire to do a, a pre-match interview with, with another Liverpool fan, a season ticket holder. Mm. And I thought, oh, this guy will come down from Liverpool or he'll be a Liverpool fan that's here. And he was, he was a Liverpool fan. But turned out, his he was the, the, he was the dad of one of my sons uh, friends at school so I already knew him they were expecting us to have a big Barney but he was a really nice chap so that was good fun and then the main news in the build-up Ollie was we found out that old Chaney Joseph was coming and uh, he's been a bit of a story of the week hasn't he Mike? <laughs> I want to meet Chaney Joseph <laughs> what, a, what a brilliant bloke like to come all that way and he wants to forge closer links with the club and he just seems like a genuinely enthusiastic guy who loves his football uh, and he's yeah he, he seems to take this to his heart so God bless Chaney Joseph I hope he's back in uh, in, in his homeland now having a, a nice beer and a, a barbecue that he was on about having. So, no, yeah. you met Roland today. Did you know that, Ollie? They had, they had their meeting today and, you know, I wonder if we'll get a Grenada a Grenada friendly in the pre-season or something. Pre-season Ollie. tour. Yeah. Oh, that'd be better. <laughs> yeah, a pre-season tour would be quite funny. Mm, I'll be up for that. Maybe we'll have to go into the non-existent salad cast budget and <laughs> get some tickets out <laughs> I think there. You but, might need a third presenter for that So one, yeah. yeah, so the build-up was brilliant all week, I thought, and, and, and Mike's right about how the club came across. But yeah, pre-match, it, it had the feeling of a big game. You know, it was a massive game, but we we went out pre-match for a couple of beers, didn't we, in town? And yep. it had, yeah, the town had a cracking atmosphere on Saturday, didn't it? It was buzzing. All the pubs were full. We, we started down in Colham, didn't we, and walked mm. up, up and went from the Prince of Wales on the bus. Yep. And every pub we went into was full of people talking, are you going to the game? Who do you think is going to play? And then the team news came out and there was a, a real buzz around people sort of finding out who we were going to face. And yeah, the, the whole town just seemed to have bought into it totally. It was brilliant. It was it was fantastic. I know Ollie, you drive up on these games sometimes, and yeah. you know you don't live in town. But yeah, I think you know you you're obviously as passionate about the game as we are. But I think there is that little bit of something when you've had a few drinks <laughs> beforehand oh, yeah. that it kind of it makes that day a little bit more fun sometimes. Especially with lost four 0 or something, I would have tolerated it more. But yeah, you just drove up, didn't you? Yeah, I just drove as normal. It's always a bit weird when you have a different time, and even though it's two hours later, I'm kind of trying to figure out when to go. Yeah, um, yeah, I was trying. I went early, um, got to the ground early to kind of soak up the atmosphere, and yeah, it's always quite special when you go to that kind of day. And um, I was some. Um, and to um, Chris Hudson for quite a bit before the game kicked off, so that was good. Oh, yeah, and then, yeah, before we know it, um, we we're, were ready for kickoff. We were. So, yeah, just before we get into the team selection, really, because that was the first interesting thing, was a couple of stats. Um, obviously, we went into this game with no league wins in 2020, and Liverpool came into this game unbeaten in 2020. So, <laughs> as Sam Ricketts said, only one winner. We'll see. So that was the uh, the quote from Ricketts that's obviously been played a few times since the result. But yeah, we were also, weirdly enough, I thought this was quite interesting, we are unbeaten in FA Cup games live on TV um, since we lost Chelsea in 2002-2003, which is only four games, but still got quite a nice televisual record now, Ollie, in terms of the FA Cup. Yeah, we've got a good TV record. It's just going well. And, and yeah, obviously that was, I think that was something like the 35th or 36th game we've ever had on TV. And our record's pretty good now. We've only ever lost nine. So hopefully the replay's on TV because our odds, our odds are increased by being on television nowadays but um, T 
Team selection, Ollie. Let's start there and, and work yeah. our way on. So O'Leary um, came back in goal. Um, it's good to, good to say him back in goal. He's obviously a fantastic goalkeeper. Had a great game. Um, I was quite pleased actually. I got the team selection bang on um, in terms of, and we played our normal back five with Love, Williams, Ebanks, Pierre, and Goldburn. Um, Norburn and Goss um, played in central midfield. Um, with Laurent playing in central midfield as well, um, and then we had Sean Worley and Lang up front. And I guess, Mike, the the main decision to make really would have been whether to start Cummins over possibly Lang. I mean, would you have risked it, or would you have gone for that? Looking at the team selection, yeah, um, I can understand where that team selection's come. Me and Ollie had a conversation on the day. I'm not really a big Lang guy. I don't, <laughs> he, he offers a lot of energy, but I never really think he's going to score that many goals. Um, so, I, but I really like Cummins. I think he's got goals in him every time he plays. So, me personally, I'd probably played Cummins, but. What you hear about his fitness, it was good that Lang tied him out and Cummins could come on mm. and give him a, the sucker punch, really. Yeah, we'll get to that as the game goes on, but that definitely worked well, didn't it, playing them that way around, I think. Yeah, definitely. The setup was, was bang on. Um, mm. It was definitely the right the right setup. Um, I thought we might play actually the three up front and then the, then like Wally and Laurent would support um, and track back, but um, matching, up them, matching them up three in the middle um, was, was a smart move. And we should mention the Liverpool team, Ollie. You know, it wasn't as weak as the Everton game. They played, if anything, a stronger team, didn't they, you know, in terms of the the personnel they had out. So it wasn't like, you know, we were playing a, a really, really weak B team. You know, there were some world-class international players in that starting lineup. Yeah, and to quote the, um, this is Anfield, and they, they, they played a strong team. Um, and it was a good team. They've got a good squad and they had six internationals starting. So um, so yeah. any nonsense about them playing, you know, a youth team or under sevens team or um, a reserve team is it's quite wide of the mark if you're playing players with that, that level of calibre. The two central defenders um, and a defensive midfielder in front of them are, you know, fantastic players. Um, mm. Okay, they weren't on it, weren't on it on Sunday, but you know, they're a fantastic player. Origi up front um, is is a striker that scored goals in some of the biggest games in in their recent history. So it was it was a, it was yes, it had some youth players in it. There's five youth players, but you know, good goalkeeper as well. You know, it was a solid team. What, what did you think about that, Mike? Yeah, sent that the Chapman centre midfield cost him forty million quid, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, you should just be able to play him on his own and beat us. The, the value <laughs> of that. So yeah, you'd see Origi with Champions League final goals and. He was so poor, to be fair, on the day. Average, but, yeah. Yeah, you looked around that team and, and there should have been more than enough there to see us off. But it goes to show just how much mindset, mentality, uh, energy and enthusiasm can, can take you through a game of football. Because they, they just didn't seem like they expected to lose it. They just thought they were going to roll us, I think. Mm. And that brings us into how the game started, I think, a little bit, Ollie, in terms of, obviously, the second half was a very different experience. But in that early period, we had very little of the ball. Um, at one point, I think it was maybe 20 minutes in, they put up a graphic on the TV and we'd had, like, 15% possession in the game. They'd had, I think it was something like, they'd had 149 passes and we had completed about 14 or 15, something like that, maybe 20. Yeah. But it was some ridiculously small number. And... Um, I kind of expected that that's how the game would start, to be honest, Ollie, that they'd have a lot of the ball and we would sit in and see where we, where we were going to be. Yeah, it started as we, as we expected. Um, their movement is just crazy. Like, yeah, if you'd taken photos, you could have made about, I don't know, you could have, you could have created a lot of different formations that they were trying to play. They were very fluid, running all over the place. And yeah, um, their possession and, and their control in midfield um, was um, was was excellent as you'd expect. Yeah, and I was obviously sat next to Mike at the game, and and they were having a lot of the ball. We were trying to play on the counter. It was exactly the standard of Ricketts ball we were expecting to see in that opening period. I, I remember what you getting particularly frustrated with one of the things that did keep happening there, which was offsides. Oh yeah, we like we were so eager. They seem to be playing high against us, and I Very think high. we must have yeah. worked out they were going to do that. So the the ball in behind and getting away from from the defenders early was obviously the way we'd we'd primed ourselves to score, and it it happened a lot early on. But they they really soon got the the 
the the measure of it mm. and that dropped off and we were getting in some good scoring positions after that which which came to tell later on so i think it was just them sort of finding their their range really and how much how much space they need to give themselves to get beyond and, and even without the ball early one of the things that impressed me was how much town pressed pretty well you know quite high up from from between sorry well between the edge of our box and the halfway line was where we did our press in that mm. first 30 minutes and um, we sort of clammed them up norburn was ratting around Laurent had high energy i thought that that, that period there you know in, in terms of they could have overwhelmed us early on in the game it was that sort of structure and defensive solidity that we really needed in that opening section. Yeah, it was. And I'm not sure if you guys had a chance to read um, the game from the Times um, today. And they've done a really great supplement um, yeah. and extract from that. And and you saw it happen in the game. I mean, it's quite nice to read. Uh, that was a plan that when we pressed, we pressed as a team. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that worked really well. And we've we've mentioned that throughout the season. Um, you know, Fleetwood away, we were pressing as a team and it worked really effectively. Um, maybe that's something we can see going forward. Um, and just one thing about kind of the um, the offsides was watching it back and my wife watched the game at home and she commented on the offsides and she, her comment was they were just so keen to get to get involved and try and score. And I guess yeah. that's what it was, wasn't it? It was just a little bit of... Um, Players being a bit too keen. There was a lot of energy, a lot of energy. But so that's you know during this period there were some incidents that happened in that first 20, 25 minute period where we weren't really on 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 top of our attacking side. We were just sitting in really. Already get a chance on seven minutes, which just went wide. Um, we had another one of our amazing uh, throw-in routines where Pierre threw the ball straight out of play, which was uh, reminiscent to us doing it last week, except it was on the uh, on the sideline rather than the end of the pitch. But um, ten minutes in was probably one of the more interesting things in terms of how the game went. Obviously, Norbin went in for a tackle with I think it was at Chevalier, Chevalier, the, the central midfielder, and he got a real bang on his knee. Now, to be fair to him, it happened on ten minutes. He lasted to twenty-five, but um, it was unfortunate for Norbin that injury one. It might really because you know he must have been priming himself up to play a lot more of it of a role than he did yeah he started strong he was snapping into tackles was, and, yeah. and closing down uh, and that the, the ball he played through for, for Wally on his one on one which we'll probably get to in a minute mm. was uh, was just a result of him battling in and sticking a foot in um, and, and you know when he went off and Edwards was coming on you didn't know because they're not the same type of player whether it had upset our rhythm but if anything, Edwards came on with a bit between his teeth as the local lad, and he really drove us on after that. Yeah, but it's a shame for Norbin. Yeah, it was a shame, wasn't it, Ollie? To be fair, it was a shame. I felt I felt sorry for him. Obviously, I'm sure he was. Is he'd been really excited, looking forward to that game, and he he was really key in terms of us um, setting the, the tempo in terms of the pressing. Um, so it was a shame for him to come on, but um, it was nice to see Dave come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're probably not quite that far yet. He got the knock on 10 minutes. And to be fair to him, he tried to pound for 15, so he deserves a bit of credit for that. But yeah, 30 minutes in, there was that cross that Minamito just, just headed and, and almost scored from. Um, just sort of missed it, didn't he, as it was coming across. It was a really good cross. And then, as I say, they'd had seven chance on seven, they'd had a half chance on 10, and then by 15 minutes, all the ball, all the pressure, you know, we'd sat in, the pressure finally told, didn't it? And and it took a really good ball from the central midfielder to set uh, Curtis Jones away, didn't it, Ollie? Yeah, it's a, a fantastic bit of play, to be fair. Um, you saw Klopp clapping on the sideline because that's the kind yeah. of football he wants to see. Um, you can't really have too many grumbles about that as a, as a Shrewsbury Town fan. It was just, and you know, you can't criticise any of the players. It was just a, a really, really well worked goal, really good movement, and yeah, you can see why um, the Liverpool hierarchy are so impressed by this lad mm. um, and sent him as someone of great potential because it, it was a really calm um, finish under pressure. Yeah, I was listening to the on the commentary. They said he's the first teenager scoring back to back games or cup games since. Um, Raheem Sterling, so obviously that's a pretty decent record. Any credit, any criticism for Max on that goal, uh, Mike? In terms of it, kind of did go a bit through him when you look at it. No, it's one of them, isn't it? He's, the, the kids got there early and took yeah. the shot early, and Max has got to react quicker than probably he wanted to. Maybe not, very, not totally set, but I, I don't think he. You can't say that it's a goalkeeper mistake. It's just a good finish, I think. Mm. And in terms of how the game flowed, then really, it was up to probably. 
15 minutes they got they got the goal obviously 20 minutes they were still controlling it even after the goal we didn't really put a, a glove on them in terms of the attacking position but after about 23 minutes after we had this first chance in the game we really that was from where the, the sort of platform I think our confidence grew from mm. once we created the first chance which was um, the one where Norburn who was still on just at that point kind of got a high foot stole it from Fabinho set Wally away and he's away Ollie. and do you think he's going to score? No <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, he didn't, did he, Ollie? No. And watching it back, it was it was a better shot from him than I thought in real time. Okay. Um, and I thought it was actually a really good save, um, good save by the goalkeeper. But we, you know, we don't we don't want to be negative on on this on the on this podcast of all podcasts. No. no. Um, but Wally can't finish, and you know, if that had been Lang. <laughs> um, or maybe even Laurent coming through would have had more confidence that they're going to put the ball away. Bless his cotton socks. I think we turned around, didn't we, Mike? And I, and I said to you, if Cummins is on, he scores that. Yeah, I think for, for Wally, you know, he's a lifelong Liverpool fan playing <laughs> his dream game. He's through one on one with the keeper. Like, you could see, maybe he rushed it a touch. He could have tried to sit Adrian down and, and, and chip it over him or go for the other corner. But I think he would just. Just, just wanted to get something away and try and catch yeah. him out, I think. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, it is interesting, that lifelong Liverpool fan. I don't believe it. I think Wally played with heart and was desperate to win, to be oh, fair. Oh, I don't so. think he missed it on purpose. No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think so either. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, poor old Wally, he did, he did miss it. And and it got and as well as getting their confidence up, I think it's fair to say that the crowd got up as well um, in terms of, of kind of ratcheting that atmosphere up. They kind of just built and built and built through the rest of the game, I felt. Um but yeah, there was one moment that Liverpool fans were talking about that you might see on the highlights or not, Ollie. But I asked Mike about this one really. Is there was a, a penalty shout where um, it, it was a, a sort of penalty shout on um, Pierre right in front of the Liverpool fans, and it was one of those unnatural or natural positions. Um, I watched it back. I think it probably would have been a penalty if I had had a look at it. Yeah. Do you agree, Mike? I think he leaned. He does sort of lean like naturally. <laughs> naturally leans into it sort of subconsciously yeah, because you want so. to get something in front of the ball, and it's almost when it's too close to you, you realise it's your arm and not your chest. But I think he sort of tried it on, uh, and he's got away with one there. But it's it's not really clear, which is why we've got away with it. Yeah. But I think he did sort of lean into it a bit. Well, we won't talk about it anymore. Let's pretend yeah, that never. It's happened. funny yeah. I never saw that in real play. No, I, I don't I, think I did actually. I only saw it on the highlights. I totally agree. It was something that was picked up on the on the coverage, the match coverage, way more than it was on the day. So there we go. I, I think it gave Liverpool fans something to moan about. You know, they like to think they've been robbed every time. But maybe we'll come to Liverpool fans later on. Well, were they only there? Couldn't hear them. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. The famous Liverpool atmosphere wasn't exactly brilliant, was it? But um, yeah, a lot of people were telling me oh, it's a myth anyway. I don't know what you're expecting. Yeah. But there we go. Um, Thirty minutes then. I think from this point we were really worrying it. Now I thought Town finally got going. Um, our back line got up a little bit as well as we tried to sort of trusted the way we were playing and we started playing more forward balls um, and I think to me it almost seemed on that 20, 25 minute 30 minute that almost Ricketts had that game plan that we switched a little bit do you think that's fair? Um, I th- I'm not sure I thought it was just that the town players maybe had a bit more belief Yes, um, and I think maybe the Liverpool players kind of I, I don't know maybe subconsciously kind of just toned it down a little bit possibly yeah I, you, think, well, I, I think it it played along a, a template that I've noticed a lot this season that Ricketts plays and it, basically he if you noticed on uh, on yesterday, we weren't pressing over the halfway line. We were mm. all camped in our own half, wouldn't press until we could get the ball and we'd break on them. But we wouldn't press outside our own half. And he seems to want to stay in a game until the half time. He doesn't want to. Well, he actually says that in the in this this the game article that he doesn't want to. He didn't want yeah. to concede and wants yeah. to be in the game after thirty minutes. So I think you're bang on there, Mike. I think you, you notice it every week at half time. He wants to be if if we're a goal behind, he doesn't want to be any more than the goal behind. Ideally, nil nil. You know, and then in the second half, he seems to go to about 60 minutes 
and then we expand a bit more, and then you'll bring some fresh legs on and try and win it in the last half mm. an hour. And I think it's it's smart tactic, but it, it, it's not the best to watch sometimes because the first 45 minutes is essentially dead time when we're just trying to kill a bit of time. But it seems to be working for him more often than not. It's 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 it's, a, it's, it's an interesting way to play. I it think. works it, against it, the bigger teams. I, I think, agree. Because, yeah, when we can draw them out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's funny. It's really. I can't remember the guy who was saying it. I can't remember who was. Um, I can't remember who said it. My mate Ian on Twitter was saying about you know Shrewsbury, um, you know played really well and all that kind of stuff, and and he was talking about the previous games. And for me, yeah, we we do well against teams that um, either give us space mm. or try and come at us. So either we counter attack or we have a team that gives us space. And yeah, yeah teams that gives us space, and um, that's not a good that's not a good thing to do. No, exactly. And yeah, again, I. Yeah, we'll get to the second half because I thought Liverpool were just as naive as Bristol City were in the end of that game. But we shall come to that. Um, 39 minutes was the second Wally chance in mm. the half. And and this was the one where I thought, oh, Wally's missed two good chances. <laughs> are we going to get many more of these? I think as a town fan against Liverpool, you must have thought, you know, if these chances aren't taken, are we going to get more? But I don't know what you two thought. I thought that was a much poorer effort than the first one. Yeah, he's, he's snatched it. He's gone. Mm. It's gone right across the goal, hasn't it? He's not hit it well. No, no. Um, on his wrong. Hit it on his wrong foot. Yeah, he could have easily have taken it onto his right. Taken a few seconds um, and then crossed it. I thought crossing actually was a better option. Lang yeah. was in the box. Maybe someone else was in the box as well. I can remember um, crossing it um, would have been, I think, a better option at that point. And that was it, really. Patton continued with us having a bit more of the ball and getting forward for the last five minutes and a half. We finished with our first corner of the half, which was well deserved. And uh, Pierre had a sort of a half chance at the end of it when it got recycled. But I thought at half time, I think they got clapped off. Everyone yeah. was pretty happy we were still in the game, Ollie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, half time was pretty pleased. You know, it was only 1 0. Um, and we'd given ourselves some chances and gave some uh, something to, to be proud about. And yeah, going into, went into in second half, hoping we could maybe try and get something from the game. It was a little bit surreal thinking that we're playing, you know, a champions elect um, <laughs> and, you know, the calibre of their team and their structure and their coaches and everything that we were, yeah, we were we were still in the fight. And, and I don't know you felt like that, Mike, because we were talking about it at half-time, but I don't think you could have envisaged what happened 26 seconds into the half. Well, yeah, I was going to say that the key thing to get to half-time is keep the crowd believing. Yeah, true. So we're one down and everybody still thinks, you know, all we've got to do is nick a goal here, put some pressure on. Everybody settles back in after half-time, had a pint, a pint. Mm. And I think we, most people are still sitting down and, and Love's gone and casually stroked it into the back of the net like a seasoned <laughs> striker. And the, the reaction around the stadium was so... Confused. It was. it was almost like we were like, no, 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 stop that. We'll just kick the game off again. That, that doesn't count. <laughs> and like the Liverpool fans didn't really cheer. No. And none of the Shrewsbury Town fans spoke. The, the players spoke to each other at all. They just turned around and reset like it hadn't happened. It I didn't so, know what happened. So odd, to be honest, because yeah. the ball went into the box, and I just yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether I was looking at like what was who else <laughs> options was further down the pitch, and yeah, Phil had to explain to me what happened because I it was such an odd moment. I wasn't. Hmm. I wasn't watching it. it was really weird it was it was one of those odd moments where you looked around and people were just like hands over their mouths like shocked like what's hap- what's he just done what has what has happened or people with hands on their heads like that it was like it was such a deflating moment after the positivity yeah. of how we'd finished that half we were really keyed up for it the, the town were really loud when they kicked off the crowd were really into it and it literally silenced the stadium yeah it was such a bizarre moment and it took us i think it took us like five minutes as a crowd to just kind of digest what had happened mm. and there was nothing really happened in that next five minutes but God, what, what, you know, we talk about the goals and they'll live a long time in my memory. But to be honest, you know, sometimes you do remember the weird things that happen in a game. <laughs> That's going to live with me for a long time, Ollie. It will, well, I'll tell you who it'll live with more, our friend Andy Davis. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> when, that, when that second goal went in, and I think like most people probably thought, oh, two down, Liverpool probably got this one. <laughs> he left. He stormed out, fuming he was. And he, he and he, that was it. That's the last we saw of him. Mm. Missed all the comeback that came afterwards. It's an absolute nightmare, Ollie. That, I, I can't I, think of anything I can't, worse. In I our don't friendship. understand. I what? 
I would never would have that never <laughs> even contemplate leaving at that point. Never even. He was, he was tired and he'd been drinking a lot. I yeah, he just wanted to go home to bed. But Andy, I, I, he listens to the occasional podcast. But uh, mate, you've had a nightmare. So yeah, it, so no one's day was as bad as that. Not even Donald Love's. No, because, because he came back into it. <laughs> he, how, how good was Donald Love after he made that mistake, Ollie? He was complete. He well, he, he made one bit of a blunder um, where he Damn, kind of so missed the ball. But it yeah, bobbled. but he did. Yeah, he, I was. I felt so sorry for him because I'm sure there was thousands of Sunderland fans watching the game going, that's the Donald Love that we we so. know. Yeah, and oh, he's had such a good season and, and it's a real shame for him. And I did, you could just see he was just absolutely gutted um, after it happened. And But to be fair to him, you know, apart from that, that odd little mistake, I thought he had quite a solid game again. Yeah, as I say, there was that five-minute spell, Mike, where it kind of was a bit like trying to recover from it. But Town did well to get back into Liverpool straight away after that, didn't they? Yeah, amazing. Like That, that could have been a real moment where all the heads dropped. 2-0 down to the World Champions, you think, yes, it's probably gone now, we'll, we'll try and keep it respectable. But they, like I said, they didn't even discuss the error. No. They just reset, went straight back into it, and just got their, got their foot all back in the game and really pushed on and, and kicked on. And, and really, we saw what happened in the end. Yeah, took took the game by the stuff of the neck. So I was so impressed by their mentality. You know, John Pitts, your mate, the, the, the mentality yeah, coach, yeah. he must be having an effect because it didn't phase him going two down at all. No, it didn't. And I think that one man started to really stand out from about five minutes into the second half where he started to think, all right, he'd been decent first half. He was better when I watched the game back in the first half than I actually thought he was, which mm. was Josh Laurent, Ollie. He became an absolute colossus for us in this game and he obviously won man of the match by the BBC. He got at them. He was doing loads of closing down. They were all doing loads of closing down. They started to see Matip and Lovren making errors. But, you know, how highly can you speak of Laurent in this game? It was one of the sort of most composed 45 minutes I've seen a Shrewsbury player around for a long time. Yeah, he was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, definitely man of the match for me. Um, just in every aspect of the game, from his tackling, from his from his running, his pressing, um, yeah, creating chances, he was um, he was absolutely fantastic. And then we had we had the one chance Lang where he got put in and uh, I said you weren't a massive fan of him. You, you, it was a decent chance. It was going in where he got one on one with Adrian and yeah. he just got a hand to it. He didn't get much power on it though, so no. I think most keepers oh, would have got down and pushed that wide. I thought it was a fantastic save. Um, I thought it was yeah, a good save. Yeah, but I, I think the lack of pace on the ball and most keepers are going to get down and get a hand on that. I think it Adrian's good, isn't he? Though Ollie as well. You got. I think he's pretty good. He was good. He was that man of the match, wasn't he, Adrian? And yeah, I don't know. It felt felt a little bit like. Yeah, did it hard and quite got away from him a bit. It, I don't know. He gave him enough of a chance to save. I don't it. know against a League One keeper. I think there's a chance that goes in. You reckon? Yeah, maybe yeah. not Max Aleri. <laughs> He's a championship goalkeeper. Oh, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, so and that was it then. And obviously two 0 down. We just had that chance with another one that's gone begging. The BBC commentary watching it back today was saying, "Oh, they played well and they missed these chances. They're going to look back on this." And then game changed. Sam Ricketts made a substitute. Loads of fans booed him. Unbelievable. <laughs> Who was booing that? I cannot believe it. They were booing because they wanted two strikers on, weren't they, Ollie? Yeah, they were booing because the slang is our best attacking threat and they didn't want him to go off. But mm. yeah, I think maybe crazy. 20, 20 seconds after probably gone off, people remembered that he's coming back from a foot injury. But still, yeah, it was, it was, I think it was just fans were just frustrated to see, um, see that our best chance of scoring <laughs> go off. Yeah, but the man who was coming on was... Fully keyed up. You could kind of tell by the way he ran on when you watched it on the highlights again today. And um, yeah, we, we started to really press them high for the first time in the game. Like Mike said, they'd not been doing it. But this mm. time, we really did start to press them high up, Ollie. And it, it, it was getting results straight away, wasn't it, Mike? Yeah, you could see the, the, the Liverpool back line 
and, and Fabinho in the middle. Rusty hadn't played in a long time and they just they seemed to run out of ideas when they were on the ball after after the first half. And yeah, they were passing it straight to our players. They were just they weren't attacking the dropping ball and we were we were nicking in and getting in there. It was mm. brilliant, really, really good. And this little sequence here, Ollie, I'll let you come back off the back of it. But sixty minutes Laurent had that chance for the edge of the box that he just didn't catch very well. Probably should have done a little bit better. Then Love crossed for that Edwards header that he didn't quite get on top of. Liverpool's concentration absolutely dropped. The crowd got louder and louder. And so 60 through to 63 minutes, it was just a really good bit of town pressure. And right at the end of it, with we've had pressure and we don't normally do stuff, that was when the penalty came, Ollie. Yeah, it was a, it was a good a good um, attack again. Um, and a, yeah, a fantastic run from Laurent. Um, yeah, it's funny. At the, at the time I thought penalty, penalty, penalty. But yeah, I didn't realise that it was, um, let's say, <laughs> close to the line. He did well to dive in, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's done us a favour there. But you know, in the first half, the, the first Liverpool goal, everybody's saying how good that ball is from the, the young midfielder. I can't remember his name now. Cummins' ball in for Lauren is almost a carbon copy of that. Amazing. And where's everybody saying how great a pass that is from Cummins? So, like, well, we're saying it now, Mike. Exactly, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm giving him credit for that because he does well to get the ball. He's aware of Lauren's run and he, he sort of plays almost blind, actually, around yeah. the corner. And Lauren's strong and he gets in there, he gets before the defender and he, he makes the defender. He's got a decision to make. He's either got to bring him down or let him get shot off. Um, so, yeah, really, really happy with that. It was great. I was personally convinced he was going to score, Ollie. What about you? I thought he was going to, yeah. I don't know, I never got that that point, but yeah, for me, it was just another, I was just enjoying the moment, wasn't thinking too much, and (laughs) yeah, just absolutely buzzing, and yeah, obviously there was that delay, wasn't there, until he actually pointed to the spot, which made me a little bit nervous. Mm, Yeah, I don't know what, yeah, yeah, it was his checking VAR, Um, but (laughs) but, um, yeah, and the penalty, great penalty, just let Adrian dive. You know he's pretty much you know one of the best goalkeepers around at, the, at this point in time. I suppose he didn't play very much, but he's a decent keeper. Just sat him on the ground and, and rolled it in the other mm-hmm. side. And, and again, he is just a finisher, anyway. Yeah, very casually. Such characters. I, I, lo- I love seeing him come on. So energetic, so lively, and mm-hmm. he's clearly got goals in him all the time. And he, you can see that's a that's a goalkeeper. Just confident. Just drops it in the back of the net. Didn't have to put power on it. No. Yeah. No. And then Lauren burst forward on 67 just after the goal and almost put Dave Edwards in. And I, I felt at this point, watching it back on the TV and on the day, we were absolutely, actually battering them at this point. Mm. We were really on top of Liverpool. And I, despite what I thought was going to happen later on, we got back to 2-2. I didn't think there'd be a point in the game where we, we were so dominant as we were for that 60 to 75 minute period, Ollie. Yeah, we absolutely dominated in this part of the game. I think it's worth to say for balance that Liverpool were absolutely shocking at this point. They were bad. And not only were the, the, they were shocking, their most experienced, um, you know, probably paid ridiculous wages, you know, probably being paid in a week what some of our players earn in a year, yeah. um, just had absolute meltdowns. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, were absolutely diabolical. And I'm sure they are cringing, whether it's Ugh. today or tomorrow, watching the video analysis back, um, because yeah, they were pretty embarrassing. Lovren was towing a caravan at some point when Cummins ran at him. It was it was brilliant to see. So at this point, uh, Klopp started to think about having to try and get get you know another goal and, and stave the game off. He brought Chamberlain on, didn't he, as his first change on seventy one. Um, and then they did have probably one of their best chances of the second half when Max uh, O'Leary uh, made a save from Origi. I'm, I'm going to get those two names confused in a minute, Ollie. Um, yeah, and it's going in. It really is, and it's a really good low down save from Max, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic Oof. because Amazing. it dips. Um, and it, yeah, it's a really, really hard save to make, and it just shows what. Um, for, for, yeah, for those fans that think he wasn't that good, <laughs> that's, yeah, um, yeah, yeah where just show. Gone? Yeah, where are they now? Because yeah. yeah, we've we've rated him highly since we've had him. He's, he's an mm. absolutely superb um, shot stopper, um, and yeah, I've nothing nothing but praise for the lad. He's he's a fantastic goalkeeper, and and it's funny actually. My my wife was, was watching it back. Um, we we're having tea, and she was commenting how good <laughs> he was, um, and just how calm he was. 
Um, and yeah, yeah for, for a young lad, um, I thought he had an excellent game. And the, the, the great thing about that save is it, it, it would be easy for a keeper just to poke it around the post. But he gets such a strong hand on it that mm. he then it lands in it lands in front of him and he regains possession. Then he sets off another attack, doesn't he? He sets off another attack, and actually, you know, the save and what he did after it leads to the goal. I, I hadn't thought on the day like, oh, he made a really good save, and then I know we'd scored the equaliser. But I'd forgotten it was the same bit of play. So he makes mm. the save, he picks the ball up, he ro- walks out five steps, he lo- lo- kicks it forward. It's Wally that wins his first header since about nineteen ninety seven. Flicks it on to Cummins, and he's in. And and so that save in, it's instantly pretty much turned the game around for yeah. us. So you're missing does, one bit in that play that Lovren absolutely messes oh, up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I did forget about that bit. But um, yeah, but you know, Wally winning the head is rare enough. So yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right in terms of your yeah your your story of the, of the movement was right. But mm. um, yeah, it was just. Yeah, I don't know what he was Comical. trying to do there, was he? I don't know what he was trying to do. I wish he'd done that in the World Cup semi-final against England. That would yeah. have been hilarious, but uh, he didn't. But, you know, just that, just that moment then, from that save to that mm-hmm. goal, what a magic couple of, couple of seconds as town fans. It's brilliant. And and like you say, Wally winning a header against a, probably a six-foot-four <laughs> like international <laughs> centre-half that cost him upwards of 30 million quid. <laughs> uh, and then Cummins, so quick, so alive... Nicks the ball and actually sort of pokes it through Lovren's legs. Yeah, he does well. So there's there's another thirty million plus centre half who's been mugged off, and it just casually sort of runs it across the, the edge of the box. Wrong foot, drops it in the bottom right corner. It's it, it's it almost seems too casual. It's unreal. again, it was a moment where everybody kind of went, "Have we scored?" Yeah, yeah. there was like a, a a two second pause of silence, and then an absolute. It's funny because I don't know whether you guys obviously you guys sit um, just to like in front of mm. me um, to the left when you're looking at that that goal in front of the the say standard. And um, I was up on my feet because everyone had rose as he won the ball. And we were standing up. And um, I was standing next to my mate, Phil. And I'm going to have to swear because swear, I'm going to have to say exactly what I said. And um, so <laughs> so the ball had gone into the back of the net. I grabbed Phil and I said, we've fucking done it. We've fucking <laughs> done it. And I was just screaming and everyone was just going absolutely mental. It was just like, what on earth have we just done? It was oh, unbelievable. It, definitely the maddest, maddest mental in the new meadow yeah. you know i think personally and the noise when it went in i that must have been the peak on the sort of the noise monitoring system if you had one there i can't think the loud whatever the roof almost came off it was uh, for me it was one of my favorite moments following Channel since i've started going you know we, we could talk about all the amazing results we've had and stuff but for a pure moment in terms of the context of who we were playing what was going on the way it had been done the comeback the grit i i just you know you were just in ecstasy for a good minute or so after it just thinking bloody hell and then you start to realize this this game's on here. We could beat Liverpool, yeah. and it was that it was that powerful, wasn't it? Yeah, like it was, I like I could just remember roaring at the sky. Like there wasn't any words, <laughs> you know. It was just it was just. And I was glad at that point Andy Davis had left, so I could hammer on his seat in front of me. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was there was there was hugs and people. You were falling over. Well, yeah, yeah, I got over. Question: Do you think almost the own goal we conceded made that moment even better? To come from two 0 down, yeah. especially yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking because then you look up. Um, what what minute was on the clock there? So yeah, that we scored on uh, seventy four minutes. So, yeah, so you're thinking, God, we're gonna have to go something not have to not go to Anfield at, mm. at the very least here. So mm. you, something significant was definitely happening. Like, I don't remember looking at the clock first time until till nine minutes from the end. Oh really? And quite a lot. Ha- we're looking back, quite a lot happened in that period. Mm. But I think it was just because I was a bit delirious with the whole thing, really. So um, yeah, it's funny yeah, you mention got- that, Glenn, because actually I often watch the clock probably because I know we're doing the podcast and stuff, so I get a sense of the time in the game. I can't remember looking at the clock at all in that game, especially the second half. Yeah, it was it was non-stop, yeah, to be fair. There's mad. loads to cover what happened, yeah, to be fair. So, like, straight after they scored, on, we scored in 74, Origi at the side net in on 76, although Max O'Leary had it covered. So that was, you know, two minutes later, we were straight into more action. 
Another two minutes later then, they make their subs. They bring on Salah for Matip. They, they are going for it, basically, because they're in big trouble. Um, Salah's first touch is amazing. It's almost as bad as that shot he had for Chelsea, <laughs> where he gets the ball, he's trying to play it clear. Matip's walking along the side of the pitch, still in his kick, because obviously he hasn't got a bib on yet, and he passes it to him. And he's not Straight even on the pitch. Out. It's flipping brilliant, that was. Um, <laughs> another great moment on a, of a lot of great moments for a day. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so, and then a couple of minutes later... Oh, Lauren, I think it's Lauren gives the ball to Dave and he runs in and it looks for all the world like all he has to do is have a shot and he decides to try and play I think it's Wally in who's offside I wish Dave Edwards had shot there I wish he shot I, yeah. wish, I thought it was just it was written the script was man, written like, the, the place would have exploded if he'd oh, scored man. Dangerous Dave coming back it would have just been the, the story wouldn't it he, uh, one thing I didn't mention on the goal actually that is one of my favourite things about the whole of this weekend looking back is that I've just recorded it and put it on Twitter on Blue and Amber Fantasy if you want to have a look but when we were celebrating down the corner and everyone in the stadium's going mad you know no one's c- c- complete, completing their composure I suppose you look at the players celebrating Dave just steps away from it a little bit he points up at the box with the with the, with the guys with the BBC in he's pointing at his mate Joe Art you know they've had this history yeah. in the football club he's pointing at him Joe Art is fist pumping back at him and they're j- just two friends who are associated with this football club proud to come from the area just involved in their own little private moment um, when the rest of the place is losing its mind. Mm. It's thought actually great moment for the club, that Mike. Yeah, brilliant. Hopefully, that. Hopefully <laughs> Joe, Joe had a little bit of a tug on the old heartstrings this, <laughs> this weekend, and maybe he's a little bit soft with the idea of coming and playing for us because I, I, th- I got the feeling at the start of the BBC coverage, and you watch it back, he was very, oh yeah, they're great, Shrewsbury, you know, I'm from here, they're a fantastic yeah, club. Yeah. And at the end, he was, yeah, we've been brilliant, I've really yeah. enjoyed it, like, you know, really proud to be from here. So maybe he's got a little bit of a connection back from that. Yeah, it might be a few years yet, Ollie, but you, ne- you never know, do you? Yeah, no, it'd be fun to have him back. Um, yeah, it'd be a different shack from what we've been doing in previous years, um, signing a, an experienced international rather than an up-and-comer goalkeeper. Mm. And as I say, there were still more things to happen then. There was an amazing moment where uh, Cummins ran and, and uh, almost got onto the ball, but Adrian cleared it, and then he had like a mini little spat with Adrian. Loved it. Yeah. Love, love more of that from Cummins as we go on, please. That was brilliant. Um, Ado came on for Wally, who'd run himself uh, absolutely knackered. They panicked even more and brought Firmino on for Minamoto to try and kind of keep the game going. And I think Rickett said this afterwards in the BBC interview, and this was fair actually, is that when Salah, Firmino and Oxlade-Chamberlain all come on, he said we actually needed to show them a little bit more respect. Mm. And from that gun-ho period we had where we really dominated them, we did just sit a little bit back and think, hey, Anfield's there, we'll still try and play on the counter-attack. And I think that was smart management, Ollie. Yeah, I think it was smart management. He, yeah, they're just their movement was just unbelievable and just completely changed yeah. the game. It was like a... Yeah, it was the pendulum swung massively as soon as they came on the pitch. Um, their movement um, and just yeah, just showed what kind of class players they are. Especially as obviously our team by this point um, were um, pretty knackered. And then yeah, we get to eighty six. How much did you cheer or sort of shout definite penalty when it hit Fabinho's arm? When uh, I think it was Love crossed in. I think it might have been. It took a weird deflection, bounced up, hit his arm. Yeah, I, I didn't. I couldn't really <laughs> see it at the time. Everybody else shouted, so I just shouted anyway. I thought, yeah, we're just playing for another one here. I don't think there's been a loud repeal for a penalty shout in the, the, the history of Shrewsbury Town Club Football Club, Ollie. Yeah, I, I, I thought I, I felt the um, the classic, um, yeah, um, referee um, not giving the little team um, the, the benefit of the doubt there and giving mm. us the penalty. But when you take into context everything yeah. else and you watch it back, and you, yeah, I think yeah, we can't complain about the referee too much in terms of the penalties. No, and then we've got last three moments of the game really um, because that happened on eighty six, eighty eight. This was massive. Firmino gets in on the right. He popped across a, a cross goal. Max did a really good save, but sort of spilt it centrally. It looks for all the world like Curtis Jones is going to casually roll it in. But bloody hell, Roshan Williams talk about body on the line to save an unbelievable result. He, he did amazing to scoop that clear, didn't he? Yeah, I thought he was excellent for the whole game. To yeah, be fair, I thought real. I thought Roshan 
Uh, it, the, the last few weeks he's been brilliant, but that, that, again, I'd maybe say that was one of his best games for the town. Mm, um, fantastic. And it's those moments that, that, that make, make us go to Anfield. It's, you know, it's all well and good scoring the goals, but the, those big blocks from defenders really do count. And only the last chance that Liverpool had, which meant us go to uh, to Anfield, was Salah missing a header from a Firmino cross really late. I tell you what, he doesn't like the doesn't like the the, uh, the new meadow, does he? He's terrible. Yeah, he, yeah, I think that would be in the Premier League. I thought, or especially at Anfield, uh, you would have just scored that quite easily. But um, yeah, there's the curse of Salah um, at, um, at the new meadow, and he and he misses. And it would have been a shame to concede at that point. Um, and and you know what the crazy thing is, I mentioned at the start of the podcast, I had my bet, and when we had those chances. I'm generally thinking, I'm going to win 120 quid here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you've won a few good bets over the years, Ollie, but not quite to be this week. But I, I'd say I thought Town were really disciplined, led by Edwards at this point in time, mm. in that last five minutes and into entry time. Man alive, they, they were really disciplined. We haven't mentioned Goss, but the way he patrolled that back line in this game was, was fantastic as well. And it's a shame we haven't mentioned him a bit more, really. Um, so that was it, really. And then we got to 92, and Laurent made his last burst of the game. And, and from some reason, we just found a low shot to the to sort of bottom of Adrian's net. And Adrian had to make a really good save. Get a last-minute corner, comes in. And we almost had a little bit of a shy at it. I think it was Pierre and maybe Cummings. Cummings had it over, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, and then it gets down the other end. They have a scrappy shot, and the bloody whistle goes. And the place goes mental. Bananas. Absolutely mad. And yeah, all well, the kids are on the pitch. Everybody ran on the pitch. Well, mostly young people, to be fair. But um, it was a good moment. I, I, you were quite churlish about that pitch invasion the other day when we beat Bristol City. But I, I still didn't really have a problem with the pitch invasion again this week because why, why not? Yeah, you know, why not? We don't Doesn't have matter, many moments like this. Yeah. There's a draw. Oh, you're miserable. I, 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 thought, I thought that at the time, to be honest. I was like, this is, yeah, we, you know, it was a draw, but... yeah. No, it was a significant draw and a significant result in the club's history, so I don't mind it. And we got to go down in front of the TV box and Gary Lineker seemed to like it, so... Yeah. Yeah, it was all good, actually. And, and you know, I I, brought, I took my kids on, on Ollie, which is just something, you know, it's the first time they've done anything like that, and I've, I'll come to it, because I've interviewed the kids for this, about their experience of it as young fans watching something like that, because we can talk about us having been going for, like, 30-odd years. It, it was interesting to hear what the kids had to say, but, you know, that was part of their matchday experience, and it's part of our matchday experience when we were growing up. Mm. It's the things that stick with you and make you fall in love with your hometown team. So I thought it was great, and we, end, we ended up doing all sorts. But um, yeah, I don't know. What's your that final whistle, Ollie? Overriding emotion. One word. I can't do one word. That's just Go impossible. On, you can have more than one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had this weird feeling, absolutely weird feeling. I was chatting to yeah. um, Phil um, and Callum and Chris, and I was chatting to Chris for a little bit at the, at the game, and we were like, we could have been them. We should have been them. Was that? It's, it's, it was just the most bizarre. Um, feeling to think that yeah we should have beaten that team and yeah considering they had the team they had at the end um, was such a strong side it was such a bizarre feeling I was like elated happy um, and yeah I just couldn't believe it that we, we should have won which was to see why you can see why I, I couldn't do one word <laughs> discombobulating wasn't it yeah what about you Mike what, what was your emotion right there at that final whistle uh, pride just pride yeah, I think because yeah, yeah. yeah, in the build up to it you know, all those people that I work with from Telford, you know, that renowned, <laughs> renowned part of the Wirral, um, they were all very, oh, you, you know, we're going to, you, you might do something, you have a great game, Get a goal. we'll play a bit of a strong team, so, but you might nick a goal against us, maybe, you know, and it all very patronising, and for us to just, like, see them off, basically, they didn't, they didn't really trouble us too badly, um, I just thought, you know, well done, Ricketts, he got his tactics spot on. He got his team selection spot on. His his substitutions were absolutely perfectly timed, and they were the right people. And yeah, if, 
Just do that in the league. That's the only yeah, thing yeah, I came well, back to there. Let's say. not talk about that yeah. today. It's, it's rude to talk about the league after this match. <laughs> we'll get on to that after. No, they were great. But one for, I was, the interesting thing for me is the one word I didn't feel like was relief. Yeah. It never felt like some games where we've been clinging on, clinging on to try and get a good result. It it was more like you just described, you two, pride and, and that, a feeling of like, you wow, feel, we did yeah. amazing because we'd matched them. We'd been in that game, you know, from from the start of the second half, we'd really given them a game. We weren't hanging on for a game a game at Anfield. We were still pushing for a win most it was of a, time. It was a classic cup tie. Yeah. It was it was a brilliant ding-dong cup tie. And so many neutrals I've spoken to today have said, I, I, I really enjoy watching that game. It was a brilliant watch. Fantastic game. You should be so proud. And that's that's kind of where it comes from, isn't it? It is. And, and Ollie, we talk about pride, but... Um, you know, I did just mention I, I got home tonight. I thought I interview the kids and just get their sort of audio recollections on it, and um, I think this will give you a good feeling for sort of how even our younger fans felt about it. So here I am, special uh, treat. We don't normally get these guys on until the end of the season, but um, yeah, after an experience uh, following their Shrewsbury Town yesterday against Liverpool, I thought it would be worth catching up with the youth of our fan base. So Elson Rory, welcome back to the podcast. Hello, hello. And yeah, I thought I'd just ask you a couple of questions, really, about your ex- sort of first experience of one of the, the sort of iconic Shrewsbury Town results, really, in your time. So yeah, Elsa, it's been a bit of a build-up to this game, hasn't it? And you've got a little bit of a of a favouritism for Liverpool as a second team, haven't you? So what were you excited about in the run-up to the game? Well, I was excited to see both teams play, not just Shrewsbury, but it was very exciting, and all my friends were buzzing about it. <laughs> oh, brilliant! And when we kicked off, Rory, the atmosphere was really loud, wasn't yeah. it? Did you did you join in all the chanting and everything? Yeah. It was um, really fun, and Gwana got a picture of, um, of me and um, and all the Liverpool players. Ah, oh, good man, good man. And we, we we started watching the game, didn't we? And it was very tight, and Liverpool had a lot of the ball, yeah. and then we went behind. How did you feel at that point, Elsa? Did you think, oh no, this is going to go bad? Well, yeah, I thought we were going to lose badly. <laughs> After, yeah, oh, it no. was too, we were very bad. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you Rory do you think well, we, you still think we were hanging in there yeah I thought we were hanging in there because I knew Jason Cummings was the hero oh yeah you, you like Jason Cummings didn't you? and what about what about Donald Love's own goal to go 2-0 down mm. what was that it wasn't very good was it Elsa well I was very disappointed me and Nan didn't even know what was happening everyone started clapping so then we looked and we realised that Liverpool were winning 2-0 which was very disappointing so. it was a little bit but as Rory said Jason Cummings was on the bench wasn't he and game went on we got big Jason didn't we you've been enjoying watching yeah, you, you enjoyed watching him when he came on at Fleetwood didn't you so yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah penalty good penalty wasn't it Rory good hair mm-hmm. good hair Oh, okay, there you Mine's go. You're gonna, you're gonna start your hair like that. But you like Hector Cummins, and it was a good penalty, wasn't it, to get us back to two one? And yeah. then, what about that moment when we scored to go two two? How Every, mad did well, it go around? Everyone you? just went crazy. Someone got took away by the police. Oh, did they? Yeah, I was ecstatic. I well, not ecstatic. You were ecstatic, were you? Yeah. Where well, was Grand and Nan? They, they, they were, were really excited. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is so loud. And then afterwards, obviously, we got back into it. Fantastic result. I yeah. wasn't sitting by you, was I? I came over and yeah. found you. And you were begging me to go where? Um, I ran on the pitch. We ran on the pitch, didn't we? And you went and looked at the guy holding the cup up, yeah. Gary Lineker. And then, uh, yeah, then where did we go? So we went over to the other side and we met a few people, didn't we? Yeah, we took some pictures of the players and they came to do their interviews. And we saw a load of people we know and it was just amazing. Also, um, Jason Cummings, um, someone gave him this crown. <laughs> An inflatable crown, yeah, yeah, we were buying when he did that, weren't we? And do you think, you know, you've been to probably, I think, maybe 60 Shrewsbury Town games now, mostly away. Is that the best game you've seen, Elsa, so far? Definitely. What about you, Rory? Was that the most enjoyable? Um, most best experience I've had in a long time for football. Really? Yeah. Better than Wembley? Yeah. <laughs> maybe. 
Maybe not as good as when I scored a hatchet. Oh, okay. But yeah, it was that's still a, really good. That's a whole different story. Anyway, we'll, we'll get you back on at the end of the season, guys. I know that um, having talked to you two at the end of the game last night, that it really is the sort of thing, and this is you know on behalf of all young fans, I suppose, that really gets its claws into young people and is the reason why I supported Shrewsbury, and it's probably why you'll be supporting Shrewsbury my age, Rory. What do you think? Yeah. Good well, man. I'm going to support them better than you. Oh, okay. Well, you can take this podcast over. Me and yeah. Ollie have talked about this. There we go. We'll throw it back to we'll throw it back to everybody else. So, Mike, you know my kids. Obviously, you, you know I drag them to Fleetwood and Rochdale and Barry yep. wherever. But yep. you, you could hear in their voices then that that you know that is such a special thing. And there will have been multiple children that have experienced that. And you could see it on the BBC coverage yep. afterwards when they were showing what it was like. It was just kids on the pitch, and it was just that whole family element always well sometimes gets forgotten about football when it's it's pure sport in context but for things like that it was it was great wasn't it to be fair yeah they were, they were sat just down the road for us with our yeah. parents and they kept looking over at you trying to get your attention they were, <laughs> they were loving the whole game and then seeing them on the pitch afterwards they, they you could tell they were in absolute dreamland we've got some lovely pictures didn't we mm. um, but I've seen them tonight just before they've gone up to bed and they're still going on about it apparently all the kids at school were talking yeah. about it today yeah. they did, all the kids that were there were loving it and all the kids that weren't there were super jealous so <laughs> it's that it's it's those moments and those occasions that will bring on the next generation and that I know that that will stick with them too forever and all the other kids that were at the school are presumably the same so that's you know, it's at least another 10 season tickets we've sold in the next few years exactly and they bring it's a bit to context, doesn't it, Ollie? Because you know, when they're my kids and other young kids are sort of in their thirties, they'll be thinking about what those best moments, those best games. I, I thought of two questions really to ask you two, which is: Is that the best game you've been to at the New Meadow? Oh yeah, you reckon? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. What about you, Ollie? Yeah, I'm struggling to think of a better game to be honest. Uh, mm. Maybe the um, the game against Charlton. Um, a lot of people said that when, yeah. um, when um, Carlton Morris scored. That was loud. That was probably one of the loudest I've ever heard, Shrewsbury Town. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think probably, yeah, just for the context and the size of the team and, and Jurgen Klopp, yeah, best game in the meadow, I think. I, it's I, funny, sorry, I don't know if you're probably going to come up with this, it's funny Ollie mentioned in the crowd there. Yes. Hasn't Ricketts for weeks been going on, we needed you as a 12th man, we need you to drive us on. And I thought the crowd played a really significant part in, in us not dropping our levels and us seeing that game out Definitely. there. So the crowd were brilliant from, from block... Block 18, all the way around, and 19, all the way around to the safe stand-in, and Cheney Joseph in his seat as well. Everybody was on their feet and, and, and absolutely roared us on, didn't they? I have to say, Ollie, the, from, from the moment where we maybe got the first goal, but particularly after we got the second goal, that the, the feeling of being there was intoxicating. Like, you know, people, you know, get addictions. To me, that's my drug. That, that high-level buzz you get from experiencing and seeing something like that happen... Um, that's what keeps me going back to the football because you might not be able to have that buzz for six months, mm. a year. You'll go through the dark days where you're you're coming off coming off your drug. This is a terrible analogy. Well, it's kind of not, but the point is when you get a hit like that, it just stays no. I think with it's you a good so analogy. Long. Yeah, it's a good analogy. When you when you have those Stoke games, how many people do you think went to exactly. the, the away games after um, after the Stoke game last year? And, yeah. and how many people now will be crazy enough to go to Gillingham um, on a Wednesday not night? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a long way. Do you know what I mean? But that drives you yes, on to the next game because if you don't go and you miss it, how gutted are you? It's that fear of missing out. Um, and I think yeah, I thought Dave Edwards put a really nice tweet out last night. He said, "You will never understand how big a part you will play today." Um, yeah. Well and truly, our twelfth man. And when that atmosphere happens at the meadow and you get I always like it particularly when we're doing like a clapping chant and the whole mm. stand is, is all as one um, yeah it was, a, it, was a, it was a good atmosphere and can I just add one other thing as well it's interesting so people talk about the Liverpool fans and I thought the Liverpool fans for me reminded me a lot about um, the Barcelona fans which might seem like a weird link but I remember going to see Barcelona play in the Champions League and the atmosphere there was absolutely non-existent mm. and I think it's because um, 
they just expect their team to win. It was when they had, um, I got to see uh, Messi and Iniesta at their pomp with Javi yeah. as well. And they just expect, and I think that's the same with the Liverpool fans. So they expect to see, you know, wonder goals every week and they do see wonder goals every week. But yeah, but Shrewsbury Town fans don't don't have these moments all the time. So I think that's why we, we cherish them more. I totally agree, Ollie. I think hopefully I think we've given all a good summary of what it's like to be a town fan and and why these moments should be cherished. And and I've seen a lot of Liverpool fans being quite churlish about everything for us today. And I'm like, if you can't understand it, you're not a proper fan. You mm. you you know, there are lots and lots of Liverpool fans on Twitter, for example, who probably never attend a game because they simply cannot get tickets. And that's unfair. And it, I'd like more people to attend live football. But we're free people that regularly go to watch our hometown team. I'm sorry, it's a different ball game. I'll always say that on this podcast. Yeah, it's a bit cheeky, but it's a bit funny. But yeah, we've probably been to um, more Liverpool games than a lot of Liverpool fans this year. <laughs> I have. Anyway, I used to go to loads when I was a kid. I've talked about that before. But um, yeah, there we go. I, I think we'll just move on to, to top three in a minute. But I just wanted to... And, and Rickett Scott. One thing I wanted to watch, because we'll watch the... Do, I presume you watched the, the BBC coverage back, you two. Mm-hmm. I yeah. watched bits of and it, it was, yeah, to try and get a sense of it the It was game. really interesting bits for me. So Sam Ricketts, I'm going to start by saying this. He came across unbelievably well on the coverage, particularly his post-match interview yeah. he did, where he could not have sung our praises as a football club and as a group of players and what he's trying to achieve. You know, For anyone that's been wavering about Ricketts because of the league form, I, I, that's the sort of thing that wins a lot of hearts and minds, let, let alone the result. It's, it's the way he came across, Ollie, and I, I don't know if you caught that bit particularly. I've, it's funny enough, I've actually got it paused on my laptop. Okay, fine. So I did, listen, well, I, did, ask... I did hear the start of it, um, and he just spoke really well. He, his pre-match Amazing. as well, he spoke really well. Yeah. And also, we spoke on the last podcast, um, the extra one we did, he spoke so well after the Bristol City game as well. Um, and yeah, hopefully... Um, you know, you know, the fans weren't against Ricketts at all, but we needed that moment to kind of almost like, you know, really get behind the manager and hopefully this game can be it for him. Mm, it was good, wasn't it? Mike? Yeah, I, I think you guys are probably a little bit closer to, uh, to, to you know, you seem, you seem behind the curtain a bit more than I have with you. <laughs> Some of the meetings you go to and that. But my experience with Sam Ricketts today has been uh, the odd thing I catch, uh, you know, on, in the paper, on the radio. I don't really consume a lot of the club's own media. Cause yeah. it's, um, and so that was one of the first times. I, I, I always imagined him to be relatively standoffish and some of his post-match comments can be a bit barred sometimes. But he was brilliant yesterday. And you can see that he's bought into the ethos of the sustainability and the development of the club. So they're talking about a big cash windfall. He's talking about video analysis equipment for the training centre. And pitch and, improvements, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and making sure that the money gained today, it, it, it improves us 10 years down the line. And I, I can see that he is. You can tell that he's got the right mindset for the kind of club that we are yeah, at the yeah. moment. Um, and so yeah. And, and talking about people who come across as well, Ollie. I don't know if you fast forwarded for this bit, but Aaron Pierre did a pre-match interview. Yeah, that was Again, good as well. He seemed like such a nice bloke. I want him as the skipper next year. Yeah. I, I like Norburn, and I, I'm, I think he might go Norburn. We'll, we'll come to that later, maybe. But he, he's the skipper and waiting for the for the goal against Bristol City. But for the way he leads this football club at the back every week, I want him to be manager. And he did also. Someone did refer to him as the Grenade and Van Dyke, which was absolute class as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've talked about Joe Hart a bit through it, but it was really funny that he explained the, the dilemma between Shrewsbury and Shrewsbury, and he got it right. It's Shrewsbury, yeah. so Joe Hart is all right with me, as far as I can He also explained why only the posh people call it Shrewsbury, so that was fine with me. So that's been explained to the nation, which is great. Hopefully, they won't have to talk about that again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cheney Joseph did a half-time interview, and he was charming, absolutely brilliant. Really came across as a town fan, I thought, which was really funny, and... Um, it seemed like everybody loves him. I do, you know. It was a really nice piece to have on TV, Mike. I thought. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's one of those it's one of those weird facts um, that like come out years down the line. Or do you remember when we drew Liverpool? Remember that geezer from the Grenada FA was there? Like, what was that all about? No, I'll be like, I saw him at Fleetwood away last week. Yeah, yeah. But it, you can tell he was he's bought into it. Like, it's, it's such a strange connection, but it's really like it, that's typical lower league football fan. Like, it's that esoteric thing that you have that with your football club. Man, 
United don't get that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, no. it's great. And he was trying to recruit Josh Laurent because he was playing so well. Now, yeah, no, yeah. Trying to find whether he's got any grenade and heritage. Um, last bits on on the TV was it was really funny how Ian Wright said at halftime, "Get Cummins on, he scores goals," and he was he was living off that after the match, Ollie, because he'd claimed that he claimed you know that he predicted it. Um, I'd say post match. The way they had it in the studio with all the town fans behind mm, was class. just really good. Really showed the town in a fantastic way and, and Lineker holding the cup up. Just a lovely moment. Something, again, that people remember for years. And the last thing I want to talk about was Cummins and Lawrence post-match interview. He's so funny, Cummins. I think he's amazing. And Lawrence called him on live television the cum dog, yep. which I thought was brilliant, Ollie. Yeah, it was. A, it's, it's funny because <laughs> you watch him and he is um, absolutely mad. Like, there's no doubt that he is you know, barking mad. But he's really funny and some of his responses were really witty. So he's obviously quite a intelligent chap because, yeah, for him to say, oh, you, you know, that couldn't have gone any better and he said, oh, I could have scored a hat-trick. Um, and then the, he asked him what the manager thought. He said, well, I was, in, mm. I was on the pitch. I was warming up. You have to ask him. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. He's such a character, obviously, in the dressing room, Mike. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, is that the reason they brought him in to replace uh, Lionel John Lewis? <laughs> he's a great character. <laughs> so now we've got another one. No, he's, he's he obviously... He as well. Yeah, he's a level up, and he's obviously completely insane. Some of the stuff you see from his social media and stuff, he's... But yeah, he must be great to play. But Josh Lawrence looks like he's got a real cheeky sense of humour as well. And yeah. I can imagine going in and training with that bunch of lads must be a great laugh as well. And we've, we'll talk about the top threes now. I'm going to save us a bit of time on this, Ollie, by the fact that all three of us, like the nation, like Martin Keown, like every town fan, picked Josh Lawrence as man of the match. He was just absolutely he fantastic. Did. And we, we cannot say anything no. more about his performance. But, I just oh, well, you can, because I've some, got some stats for you. Oh, go on then, Ollie. So, yeah, I th- I, I'm 36 and I probably shouldn't have a favourite player. Because, but Josh, I just love Josh Laron. He's such a good player. Um, so yeah, in terms of his his stats in the game, so he had 84 um, percent pass accuracy. He had forty nine touches. He won the most fouls. So he was fouled the most in wow. the whole game. He made three interceptions, which was the most. Um, he yeah took on um, took on two players and won. Uh, he made two tackles, had two shots, and won one one penalty. So yeah, he was just absolutely superb. And yeah, for me. It's a shame his contract is going because you know if he's, he had a bit longer mm. on his contract, you know he'd definitely I'd say he's a, he's a million pound midfielder. Yes, so the thing I noticed about Lauren that he's added to his game this year is he carries the ball forward so brilliantly, and and he runs and he, he runs strong with it and it takes the pressure off us so much and he, yeah. he he makes so much valuable yards and he draws players in and then he can release a good pass as well. So he's really come on in that sort of um, take taking ownership of the ball and taking responsibility for driving us forward and that's really. The thing that stands out for him about me this season, but he was brilliant mm. last night, absolutely brilliant. And we've all gone for Cummins in second place because mm. of the impact of the bench, which was just unbelievable and, and just unreal in some respects. But um, he's, got got, a, he's got to start next he's, game. He's got to start. Yeah. start. Yeah. He's got to start. He, he, won't for, he won't be fit enough for Gillingham. <laughs> yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see what team we play actually at Gillingham. Mm. It will. We'll come to Gillingham in a minute. Um, but we all went for someone different in third. So I, I went for Ebanks, who I thought was absolutely fantastic at the back. Again, watching it back on TV today, the amount of headers he won. Well, mm. I didn't really clock it on the day, but he won a lot of headers and and um, really sort of did well on the ground with sort of tricky players running out. So I thought he was brilliant. But you two went for different. What about you, Mike? I went for Roshan Williams because yeah. um, you know his standout moment was that big block at the end. Amazing. To, to, to keep us in the tie, but also his use of his pace to sort of see off some of their, their pace mm. and sort of tricky attacking footballers. And I just think for such a young lad, he was so composed all day. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, and I went for O'Leary. Um, some of the saves he made was fantastic and his composure he had. But it feels harsh, doesn't it, to miss, miss out. Amazing. Um, like, yeah, yeah. Norbert, even the Norbert was on for 20 minutes. He played really well. Um, Goss, Goss played we really well. Yeah. Pierre was good. Goldborn had quite a, a solid game again. Um, yeah, I love him. Yeah. I've just I've just remembered one of my, Mike's favourite moments in the game was where Goldborn late on jockeyed Salah out of it. Oh, oh, that <laughs> was brilliant! Jockey out of play, brilliant. Mike loves a jockey. Yeah, 
That's the fullback yeah. in you. Yeah, is. I'll always applaud a jockey. <laughs> so, and there was, and actually, you know, we've we've gone into great dealings this game. We've probably done over an hour now on this game, and I think that's fair because it'll be the sort of game that we look back on in ten, fifteen years' time as one of those really special games. And there were so many other little moments that you sort of forget, mm. little incidents here and there that you think, oh, that was fantastic, or a little bit of shouting from Norburn on that Chevalier at one point, which I thought was great, and a few little things. And we can't cover everything, can we, Ollie? It was just, it was just a, a very busy game. No, but you've tried your best. <laughs> I have, exactly. And I'm, I think people are pretty... Well, this, I think this it's built up, you know. Yeah. We, it started slow like the game, but you build up to that crescendo, even reviewing the game. You get more and more excited yeah. remembering those moments back. I but, saw you um, typing away, Glenn. I could tell you were enjoying yourself. But <laughs> on no, the agenda, yeah. But it's, watching it back. It's been good. There we go. It's been good to go back. Even though it's only last night, it's been fun to go through it again. Mm. It has. Um, in terms of Ricketts, I say at the end he was saying he was just delighted. Yeah. The players were excellent. We had chances before half-time. Um, and at half time we spent it making more tactical changes a little bit disappointed we didn't win it we had chances he kept saying on the BBC it was there for us today yeah. it was there for us today there was that little thing at the back of his mind who's regretful they hadn't quite got the job done yeah. you could tell although he was happy with the money from the replay um, did you hear he what Josh, he said to the players no go on Ollie read it out so again I have to swear again so apologies to Ben's mom. so you <laughs> so he went to, so he walks into the dressing room all the players are sitting down on the benches and he stands there and he pauses for a second you fuckers the game was out there 2-1 and you just wanted to go to Anfield, didn't you? Cue all the players burst out into laughter. That is amazing, to be fair. I, I, I really, I know what you're reading. I've bought a copy of it today, but I'm not going to read it. But there's a real good insight into what went on in that changing room. It, I, I think, love the know, photos definitely... of just, yeah, the dressing room and the tactics and all that stuff. It's fantastic. And it's got like beet, beetroot juice and it's got like a picture of everything that's on our table and why yeah, they had yeah. it for like nitrating the muscles and, you know, all these different things. It's really interesting. I'm yeah, going to read we'll it. We'll post it out as well. I'll post it out in the next yeah, few days. That's a good idea. And that's it. We are done. So we're sitting here 24 hours later and I, I still haven't really come down off cloud nine. We've obviously got... I mean, we'll roll into sound news really. I don't think we'll have a break here because there isn't really much news to talk about. But obviously, we've got the replay. We're going to be going to Anfield. There's no ticket news for us to bring you. It's not been announced yet. And we don't know whether it's Wednesday or Thursday. Um, and we don't know whether it's even on TV yet, Ollie. Um The only sort of one of the things I was going to bring up with you two that's a real kind of bit of a disappointing end to the whole thing is... The attitude of Liverpool Football Club and Jurgen Klopp to the replay. Now we're probably all going to have different views on this. I don't. I don't per se mind them playing their kids against us. It's, that's their choice. I do object to Jurgen Klopp saying he's not going to bother being there, and I also object to him saying this in advance because it makes the TV replay much less attractive. And it also probably hit ticket sales quite significantly. And it's the sort of thing that he said angrily at the end of the game, I think, because of what's gone on, without thinking possibly about the repercussions to a little small club like us. I'm a little bit frustrated by it, Ollie. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm, I'm annoyed by it. Um, mm. And I think, for me, there's lots of um, lots of discussions going on around the FA Cup. Um, and yep. then there's discussions about number of games. And, and you pointed out this out to me, Glenn, um, quite well on, on Twitter last night, where you pointed out that you know he was really annoyed about the World Club Championship and whatever mm-hmm. it's called, and then also about the extra the expanded Champions League that's coming next year. Yeah. And no, do players play too many games? Yes. Like Shrewsbury have played. I think now we've played thirty-seven games. We played thirty-six. And they, they played thirty-eight. Yeah. So they've played. You no, know, they've played a lot of games. We've played a lot of games as well. Okay. We don't fly around on on jets, and we don't have fifty-five physios looking after all our players and all the facilities. So you know we play a lot of games as well. So. Other, do the players play too many games? Yes. Now, the problem is, I have with this, is that if they, let's say for argument's sake, they get rid of the League Cup and they get rid of the FA Cup um, um, up to, I don't know, they're not get rid of the FA Cup, but say they get rid of replays and there's no extra time and everything else and they cut it back. Are mm. you genuinely telling me that the teams like Liverpool and Man United, who are foreign-owned, are going to say, OK, that's fine, we've got all these weekends and these weeks free, they're just going to play more games. 
So yeah, for exactly. me, the, the nonsense that reducing the FA Cup is going to help them have, play less games, absolute nonsense. So the FA, the, um, the, um, the football, the football league, sorry, the Premier League sent a letter out to the clubs expressing them not to play games because they know that if they gave them some weeks off, they'll go and play friendlies in, in Qatar or something. So yeah, he, he take, took tarnished. I don't think he did intentionally because normally when you make these kind of statements, you do it based on your own feelings and your own thoughts. I'm sure he wasn't thinking about us. But yeah, it did tarnish the end and obviously the, the headlines on the BBC News and all that was then obviously his comments. Well, I understand. Why does he need a game off? Yeah. So did the manager. Excessive hugging. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, Excessive I hugging. I can understand him resting his first team Champions League players. I, don't, I can kind of see the rest of the first team squad, the point of getting them all together yeah, for a training yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, And I don't really mind him playing the 120 with the three because we'll probably beat them. Yeah. But why has he got to go on all of yeah, I don't really get that. And I think I've always thought he seemed like a nice bloke and... He, he sort of he always speaks up on like socialist matters. He seemed like he was quite a community-minded guy, but yeah. to just write it off and sort of disrespect the lower league club and oh, we'll play the youth and we'll get some geezer to go and manage it. I don't care. I don't know. It just it struck me as a bit bitter and a little bit entitled. Um, and I didn't think he was like that. And uh, for me, as someone with Liverpool leanings, I I I've hate I hate it what they're doing and. Mm. and I, I, I don't like the disrespect for the FA Cup either, personally. You know, this Cup's been around 150 years. Why are we suddenly farting around with the format of the FA Cup because of six yeah. Premier League teams that have got too many European commitments? You know, I I don't like it. I, it, it I, you know, regardless of whether it's Liverpool or not, and there's a lot of top clubs who've dicked around with this competition. May United back when they were in the World Club mm. Cup, if you don't forget that. These elite clubs do not care in the slightest about the football pyramid, Right. And all this does is when things like this happen, it hammers home to me again how much I dislike how football is run mm. and why it's run for the people at the top and not for the people at the bottom and certainly never for the fans. And yeah, it just leaves me jaded again. And it's such a bad feeling to feel after something that's happened on Saturday. But sure. it is worth covering. Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp, if next season, if they if they make a bad start to the Premier League and they go out in the in the Champions League group stages, mm. they shouldn't be allowed to win the FA Cup. They should, <laughs> they should, they should, they should never celebrate winning the FA Cup ever again. Now. They can get stuck. But you look at Man City now. At Man City this season will want to win it. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, All of a sudden, just, it's a good competition yeah. again, yeah. And for me, it's yeah. just about... Well, it's the thing. We, I think it's fair to say that yeah, as I said already, they'll they'll fill the games if they don't have them with something else, and you know they're a, and for me it's just a bit annoying as well that some of their fans are a bit naive, start chirping on and talking nonsense. Brainwashed, Ollie. Yeah, talking nonsense on Twitter about oh, talking nonsense. But anyway, that's, that's... Uh, we did have some big arguments last night. But the other thing to say as well for me is that it's um I don't care whether Liverpool fans and the, and some of the Liverpool media and some of a lot of people at big Premier League clubs have lost their thought that there is any magic in the FA Cup because mm. if there's one thing I came away from that stadium last feeling feeling it was bloody magic Yeah, there's, there's so much magic in the FA Cup the thing that everybody at the top of the game from Piers Morgan down to bloody the heads of the AFL the thing they've forgotten is that it's the fans that define whether there's magic yeah. it's not how much money you make from a bastard game and I, I, it just got me really annoyed today I, I'm going to leave it there because it, uh, you know, it, it is a, it's a game about the fans and I'm sick of people telling me there's no magic in the FA Cup when it is exactly there you just got to go and support a lower league club to find it well, and then look at the reaction to the draw tonight. Exactly. Magic yeah. again, Ollie. Which is a really nice segue, um, really yeah, nice segue thanks. into a, <laughs> a tweet from Dan Hoff where he says, um, if we're going to win the FA Cup, we're going to have to win it the hard way. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, for sure. Indeed. But, you know, well, we'll get to Wembley. We'll beat Chelsea, Liverpool, we'll get to Wembley and lose. <laughs> so, you know, don't count your well, chickens there. Yeah, like, this is ridiculous. It's, it's not even a, real, it's a It's a silly sentence to say, but <laughs> it would be ridiculous beyond ridiculous if we actually broke our curse in the FA Cup in the semi-final it would just be it's obviously it's not going to happen but, it's, <laughs> no. but it would just be mental if that was the case I admire your optimism that we're going to go it's not going to happen obviously it's not going to happen but it just be, would be hilarious absolutely hey, they lost to Bradford those few years ago exactly. didn't they Frank Lampard said he's going on holiday and they're going to play the, uh, the under 7s <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's lovely though, isn't it? And again, you know, to to go to Anfield now against what might be a youth team with the prospect of another fantastic experience for Shrewsbury Town fans and our players and the whole club. It, it's that extra motion, extra motivation for us as a club, more than Liverpool, isn't it? And but it's, did you notice on Twitter today that everyone's busy on Tuesday? Yeah, there's a big thing that they, everyone wants the game against Liverpool move to Wednesday. I don't care. I, I, I can't. I've I don't think informed, I'll be able to make it if it's a Tuesday. Uh, Ollie, no. I've already informed uh, my children's school that my children will be turning up to school <laughs> late, uh, tired. well, tired the next morning after that game. But apparently loads of kids are going to want to go to it, so it's fine. But... I guess the only other thing we're going to mention, Ollie, and we'll probably cover him in more detail next week because I'm probably he's probably going to be involved in maybe two of the next league games. I would imagine mm, because of the fitness not issues. Not too sure. We, yeah, maybe not. Josh Vella signed. Um, so if we do lose Josh Laurent, we've at least replenished our Josh count for the mm-hmm. season. Um, yeah, uh, a player with a bit of experience at League One, got a bit of pedigree from his time at Bolton. Has gone up to Scotland a little bit like Cummins. Didn't do the business there so much, and has, has now looked for a club back in England. When you said not sure, I thought you were talking to talk about Laurent or Norburn because yeah, there's a good chance yeah. that both of them are going to be gone soon, um, which is a shame. Imagine not having either of them for the replay. I know, bad. I know. I did think when um, Josh Laurent was asked about the replay at Liverpool, I don't, I don't know whether it was just me or he did hesitate a second and he was thinking, I might not be here. I thought the same about Norburn when he tweeted. Um, Rather than saying uh, great shift second half from and it's got us as captain us to the Liverpool to the replay Anfield, he put it's got the boys. Which again, you've agreed too much of these things. But is he saying that because he thinks our oh, good the boys are going on, but I might not be there? Who knows? It's, this week is going to come out. But anyway, Josh Feller, I think it's a, probably a sensible signing, Mike, to cover it us off. Any any losses? I know absolutely nothing about it. Okay, so let's move on. I assume it's sensible. <laughs> um, well, apparently. All the Hibs fans are treating him absolutely stinky. He's the worst oh, player's ever played for him. But all the bottom fans seem to like him. But mm. um, we had the same reviews about Donald Love, and he's been yeah. brilliant. So Sam Ricketts, he, he, he gets more right than he gets wrong. So we've got that faith true. in that, I think. That's true, isn't it, Ollie? Yeah, it is, definitely. So, yeah, it's going to be, as, as ever, as, as ever, supporting a lower league club is, one is you feel you're a bit closer to the club and connected to the players and everything else because you're a part of a smaller gang. Um, but then yes. also it's just a, a magical journey, which... Yeah, we have the honour to kind of yeah just chat about it on a on a podcast, and some people are crazy enough to listen. But um, it's it's magical or nightmarish exactly. and everything in between. But we bring it every week, Ollie, and that's the main thing. And uh, yeah, I think that's the best place to leave it, isn't it? I hope everyone sort of you know enjoyed these reminiscings of what was an amazing day. And uh, we will be back next week, Ollie. Won't we covering yeah. Gillingham and who have we got on Saturday? <laughs> what Rochdale. Rochdale away. Yeah, yeah you're born. Oh, God. It's been a long week, hasn't it? Yeah, so we've got Gillingham and Rochdale to cover next week. I'm going to Rochdale. Uh, probably watch Gillingham on the iFollow, so we'll have seen both games. And, yeah, I will I will catch you next week, Ollie. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. And thanks for coming on, Mike, and thanks for joining us again. Ah, oh, thanks, yeah. Cheers. <laughs> I'm tired now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's everyone get an early night. <laughs> oh!